shut my phone off. Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A Child Protective Services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 60% off your first year of urgent assist. This is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away last fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family that he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul, New York State, 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. One last announcement. Go to the site, pleasedoyourjob.com. We need 2,500 more signatures to get a case reopened. This is highly important. Please do your job.com. I have a return guest on. I have Joan Cloth Zanner. She was last on the podcast season four, um, episode six, 52 and 72. And the last time we were on together, we discussed custodial interference, personality disorders, and what it means to deprogram a false narrative. And Joan has a master's magna cum laude in marriage and family therapy, a bachelor's in health and psychology with a minor in business, which includes extensive training and certification in reunification therapy and work with children. Joan has also been a guardian ad litem and certified as recovery support specialist in ABI. And I welcome you back to the podcast, Joan. We're going to talk about Rental alienation. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm wonderful. And do you have my latest article up there that I had written uh, about who's the parent? Who? Let me see here. I do not. Got, I don't think I got that in my email. I didn't. I'm going think... to send it to you anyways. Um, as soon as I pull it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's basically, this article is about who is the parent? Why are we allowing to make a decision about whether they're going to go to reunification therapy, about whether they're going to go to therapy at all, whether they're going to go see a parent? They're not the parent. How can they possibly make a decision about their, about uh, when they're a child? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let me send this to you because I thought you would have this so that we can be on the same page. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's just going to say art in the title for you. And here it comes. Okie dokie. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. So yeah. when a parent claims they cannot get a child to visit or go to therapy, parent mm-hmm. is here. Mm-hmm. 
claims that they cannot make the child go to visitation or therapy with the other parent. Clearly, clearly, th- this parent is not a good parent, or they are lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because a good parent would have a more respectful child that listens to them and respects their wishes and rules, right? Right. The, the child, the parent would say, go clean your room, and the child goes and cleans their room. Right. If a parent can, cannot control their own child, then they are they are making their own problems. That parent is telling the child they can do and, ha- and do not have to listen to authority, and that the child can parent themselves. If this that's is not problem. the case. Mm-hmm. Then the parent must be lying about whether they can control the child. Mm-hmm. The, you know, if you can get your child to go to school. And you can get your child to go to ja- to dance to, uh, excuse me, to uh, the doctors, the dentist, mm-hmm. to eat dinner, get your child to clean your room. Then how is it that you can't get your child to go to visitation or therapy? It's not possible. You cl- and if it's not, po- and if that's the case, then maybe you and the child need to be in therapy so that the authority is reversed, so that the child does not have all the authority. Because you, the parent, should be the one that is that is, you know, parenting the child, not the child parenting themselves. But this is what we are seeing continuously: mm-hmm. parents in custodial fights, claiming they can't get the kid to go to visitation. And they can't get the kid to go to therapy. If you can't get your child to do these things, then clearly you are remiss or having issues in your own authority and control with the child. You've parentified and adultified your child. And this this is a serious border boundary issue that has to be corrected. Because otherwise, down the road, this child will have no respect for any adults, Mm -hmm. teachers, doctors, bosses and they will not do well they will think that they can do whatever they want because this is what the parent has taught them exactly and i have also you know i've talked with parents that call me up and a judge will order counseling but however the the target parent does not have the child so you've got the custodial parent who's pulling all the strings and probably paying off the judge and whatever and that parent is not taking the child to counseling or the right counselor. And the counselor is not including the non-custodial parent as well. So correct. A big, a big mishap here that ball is being dropped. I almost would like to, and I would almost say that these therapists are encouraging the child to be the parent because they're not uh, re-establishing what Salvador Mnuchin talked about for years that you know the child is sitting on top of the shoulders of the parent controlling everything no 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 that's not the way this works you're the parent you're the therapist if there is a court-ordered therapy, you need to make sure that child is going to therapy. If mm-hmm. there is a court order for reunification, you as the therapist need to make sure that that child is going. If you can't, can't get that child to go to therapy or to visitation, then you're not a very good therapist because you have no command or control either. Who's the parent here? Who's the adult? 
the therapist or the child. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I have parents say where the therapist says, well, I can't get the child to go. I'm not going to make them go. Who, who's the professional here? You or the child? Mm -hmm. they, the child is a child for a reason. They don't have the emotional, mental maturity to make such momentous decisions as to decide whether they should go to a doctor, the dentist, to school, to see a parent, not see a parent, go to therapy. That emotional, mental maturity. That is why. Mm -hmm. Our federal government, using centuries of statistics and scientific research, don't let kids vote till they're 18. They're not even allowed to drink or smoke till they're 21 or rent a car till they're 25. Mm -hmm. How is it that our federal government has a century worth of science and evidence on this? It's being ignored. Children are being allowed to parent and themselves to listen to any authority. Right. That's why we have issues with children being more narcissistic, having narcissistic personality tendencies, being running roughshod, um, not being able to even have a conversation sometimes with the child because they've been because they've been taught that they don't have to listen to anybody they're that they've been what has been termed adultified and parentified adultified they're giving the responsibilities of an adult as a child and they get to make adult decisions parentified they get they're being allowed to parent and be a parent to themselves instead of having a parent mm-hmm this is overstepping the borders and boundaries that should be there between a child and adult, a child and a parent. Well, definitely. And you, you've got these parents that have custody and there was a case where the judge ordered the custodial parent to take this child to, you know, therapy, counseling. And he, I guess he thought it wasn't that important. Well, over time, over a period of months later, this child did commit suicide. Yep. And But did the judge haul this parent back into court and hold him accountable? Nothing happens. No, it's very sad. The courts don't really want to play parent, but they have allowed themselves to be parents. Instead of playing the intact family rule, which means if this was an intact family, would this be allowed? If this was an intact family, would a child be allowed to not go to therapy, not go to the doctors, not go to school? No. If this is an intact family, would a child be allowed to disrespect If a child, if this was an intact family and a child was had had these behavioral issues, the child would be in appropriate therapy, probably with their parents to readjust orders, the boundaries, and the hierarchy of who who should be making these decisions. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care. You want to say a kid's 18 and they can make these decisions. No, they really can't. Mm-mm. Even at 18, these kids don't have emotional mental maturity. Mm-mm. They might be able to make a decision on who to vote for. They're not allowed to smoke and drink and they're not even allowed to rent a car. Right. Because they don't feel they have the emotional mental maturity to make a decision that affects their physical health, drinking and smoking, or that allows them to rent a car because they're now renting and driving somebody else's vehicle to be responsible for that vehicle. And the government still does not feel that under the age of 25, these kids have the emotional mental maturity to understand the consequences of borrowing somebody else's equipment. (laughs) Care of it. No, no. And, you know, when these kids are adultified and parentified, this also um, creates aggressiveness as well um as you said narcissistic tendencies but also you know conduct disorders and I, i've seen it i've i've seen it time again you know with the disregard for you know authority figures state police teachers these parents it's sad yeah and the parent the the custodial parent is only doing this to get even with the target parent. They really don't care about this kid. They just want to get even with the target parent for either leaving or whatever. It is amazing how many how many how many more claims of abuse and neglect pop up. And a custodial fight. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how all through the marriage, there's never been an issue with neglect, abuse. All of a sudden, they're getting divorced, and now there's a complaint. Right. It's a little highly suspicious. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these uh, people who claim parental alienation doesn't exist, despite decades of research and, and information on it and statistics. And they're now. And they won't listen, and but yet they're going to claim that their statistics are are accurate. We've had numerous science scientists go back and look at the statistics of these domestic violence agencies and organizations and people opposing parental alienation. They can't reformulate them. They can't verify them. There's the statistics don't even match where the citation. Citation oftentimes doesn't even exist. So, mm-hmm. and and we've got politicians and governors who are passing laws on these information. They haven't even checked to see if it's real. Mm-hmm. You would think that these politicians and legislators are bright enough and have enough common sense uh-huh. and critical thinking skills to question whether this is, you know, accurate or not. Um, I, one I second, don't... I just to single to my husband that he's not the talk. Oh, in the kitchen. <laughs> that's okay. And anyway, so how do, I mean, we have Governor Newsom, California, mm-hmm. just passed a bill claiming that 
parental alienation isn't real and you can't use reunification to do, deal with it. And that there's, re, and, and in particular, reunification camps. There is no such thing as a reunification camp. This is a made up term by these people. Mm-hmm. Edward Cook just published an article about the deniers. Um, Karen Woodall just published a blog about the, the false information about claiming these are camps when they're not. If we do not stop this misinformation, you think it's bad now with an increase, an exponential increase with narcissistic personalities and narcissistic tendencies? It is going to become explosive to the point that if you think we're headed for World War II with Israel and Palestine now, forget it. It's even going to be worse. Mm-hmm. We will have a world of Hitler's Mussolini's and Gaza. Yeah. Hamas, rather. Sorry. Hamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it already is heading down that path. Even I think it's gotten worse in the last 10 years, the way people have been behaving. But, you know, I think a lot of these people have been through family court. And I think judges also have made mistakes where they're not looking at evidence of, we'll say, domestic violence. Okay, so there so a a woman or a man presents evidence of domestic violence and the judge just doesn't care. He'll just roll in favor of whoever here she feels like it or if they're being paid off or if they're in collusion with a certain attorney and so when this kid is being forced into reunification with their abuser and there has been solid evidence evidence of abuse what does that kid that kid then learns to mistrust society and authority figures because a judge didn't look at evidence and then you've got, you know, the point where people are making false allegations, such as what was done to myself. And and I think if we could have done reunification therapy right away, the relationship could have been saved. It could have been just totally different. Uh, but again, you've got judges just listening to a false accusation and running with it. Yeah, that's interesting, those things that you say, because they're all very true. You know, we, I look at some of these things going on in the courts and I'm going, aren't these judges intelligent? Don't they have executive functioning skills and critical thinking skills? What happened to them? Do they put them in the garbage yeah. or in the bottom drawer and they only take them out when they need them? Because... They're causing such extensive harm to these children. This is why our children are psychologically splitting. One of the things my colleagues and I have kind of noticed is a massive increase in the number of children who are involved in high-conflict custody cases and high-conflict divorces who have gender identity issues. They don't, they don't want to be the gender they are because they're, they fear being retaliated against. They don't want to be... The uh, or they don't want to be the opposite gender because they fear being retaliated against again by their parent. So they some of them will stick right in the middle. They want to be pan because then they don't have to take a side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, was this t- is just a tip of the bar- iceberg of the damages to the kids. 
Definitely. And I was speaking with Kenneth Gottfried, and we were talking about this gender identity. And some of these kids, you know, we were thinking that they've been taught to hate the other parent. So then they figure they're, they're just going to uh, transgender themselves. So they're not a part of that parent anymore. Correct. Correct. They don't want to associate because they have in self-protection mode and they're so terrified of being abandoned by the abusive parent, the psychologically abusive parent, the alienating parent. Mm -hmm. Linda Gottlieb um, spent 25 years working with foster children who were all removed from their home because of true abuse and neglect. What they found and what she found is that children of true abuse gravitate to their abusers. Why? Because they're afraid of being abandoned by them. They are so afraid that that parent who they know is they are half of is going to leave them behind. Mm -hmm. The two things those kids always ask for. When can I go home? When can I see my mommy or daddy? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they claim that, oh, the kids don't want to see the other parent because they're abusive. It doesn't fit with the scientific evidence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fit with the statistics. Truly abused children gravitate to their abusers for fear of being abandoned and treated just like the other parent is in that home. So if the other parent is constantly being badmouthed, put down, called um, horrific names, told that they're the most worst horrible person in the world, well, the child doesn't want to be associated with that. They have to distance themselves. Mm -hmm. Self-protection mode. Oh. Um, it's actually deplorable what we're seeing happening in the courts. When a, a judge decides they're going to listen to a child who's claiming abuse, yet later that child comes back and says, I lied. It was true. My other parent made me say it. The guilt that these children feel. They carry that for the rest of their lives because they don't, They even though the parent they accused forgives them, 100%, the child themselves cannot forgive themselves for ever allowing, for ever listening to that other parent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's just devastating. Yeah, it's very true. And I've seen it with my own eyes, um, with my own. And kids are not resilient. And we've got to no. make it clear to these judges. Right. You're right. That's that resilience word. Oh, the children are resilient. Mm -hmm. Will children come back around eventually? Some do. Some don't. The ones that do, does it mean that they're more resilient? No, they're still, they've got, they have a lot of psychotherapy they have to go through. Now, I'm going to bring up a case from, that's one of my colleagues. Mm -hmm. Lynn Steinberg had a case with uh, Maya and Sebastian. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sorry. It was proven by I beyond a preponderance of evidence that the father was deliberately impeding the relationship between the children and the mother. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was proven in court that the videos the children had made were actually directed by the father. The children had to read off a teleprompter type thing or cue cards mm -hmm. of what they were going to say. So now... The mother gets custody of these kids back. But in order to get them, Tina Swithin and her little entourage 
go to the site where the exchange is supposed to take place. And they're picketing and they're post and they're waving banners and they're screaming and yelling. Did you think that was going to traumatize the children? They claim that the exchange was the traumatizing. No, Mm-mm. the traumatizing wasn't the exchange. The traumatizing was Tina Swithin coming there with the father to b- block the the visit the exchange of custody. Mm-hmm. Was the trauma and and These where kids? Where was dad during the trauma when when uh, that woman was standing there with them screaming her? Head I, I think off. the father was there screaming with them. I heard. Um, see, I heard he was hiding out in one of the houses because if he was there, he would have been arrested. But he was there. Oh, okay. He was. He helped orchestrate this whole thing. Mm-hmm. No, the kids go. They have a wonderful reunification with Lynn. Lynn didn't have anything to do with the decision. She was just ordered to do the reunification, and Lynn is being horribly attacked for following the court's orders. If Lynn hadn't followed the court's orders and done the reunification, she would have been liable legally. Right. So why are we attacking Lynn? Well, now right. the unification's done. The children are happy with the parent. Somehow the father found somebody to get through that back door to those kids, convince them to leave the mother that she was abusive, and they kidnapped the kids. Well, now the kids have made another new video. Only mm-hmm. we've had several experts who do forensic film analysis determined that the children were again given a script to read video can you imagine these two children have been taken from one home back to the safe home removed from the safe home via technical kidnapping back to the father and i don't even think the father has custody of them i think the kids are in hiding underground Mm -hmm. somewhere no it's very interesting that tina swiven has fallen off the screen lately nobody's hearing from her i've noticed Uh, that yeah Tina Swiven has been arrested. She's died or be or somebody's filed a suit against her because apparently when Tina Swiven was divorcing her ex, she did the same thing to her in-laws and they had to file a lawsuit against her and they won for the very same thing Tina helped this father do. And she's continued to do. How is this even allowed? This is bullying. If we don't allow bullying in our schools, why is it that we're allowing of adults? Mm-hmm. We're allowing behavior by adults that children are supposed to be looking up to. Mm-hmm. No wonder our kids are confused. No wonder our kids can't have so much depression and anxiety. No right from wrong. Right. Because their role models have been so compromised. I think also the judge's first mistake in that whole thing was that the kids should have been already at the courthouse. Because my kids were always at the courthouse. I didn't even really want them there around all these criminals that they had walking up and down the hallways shackled and everything. I thought that might scare them. But um, when they were sequestered, they were in that private you know, area where the judge and lawyers would interview them. So I don't know why the judge and should have done, the judge should have done this, had them in a, an area. So this whole thing would have happened. Right. Well, I think they would have still found the kids 
with the mother somehow. Something happened where one of these kids must have been talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And that then somebody and that friend wasn't really the friend. It was somebody else that had commandeered their account. Easy enough to hack an account and kidnap the kids. Now, for at this point, we don't even know if the kids are even safe because if the person is correct, excuse me, not the person, if the experts are correct that this second videos that were done by Maya and Sebastian after being taken falsely from their mother was them reading off of a script, that means these kids are terrified. Mm-hmm. It was very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and this brings us back to let's, you know, these uh, people are claiming that only men acu- use the term parental alienation. It's only men that are abusers. Excuse me. Let's go back to the Rod McCall case. Oh, yes. Rod McCall oh. won sole custody after years of fighting false allegations by his ex. Mm-hmm. And the judge made the mistake of letting mom go home and say goodbye to the uh. child. Instead of having that child, like you said, at the courthouse, mother kills the child and then kills herself. Joan, you were reading my mind. I was just going to bring up Rob McCall. Rod McCall. John Mast. Yeah. Went through the same thing, a false allegation after false allegation. And the judge finally determined, no, you will retain joint custody. Your ex has been making false allegations. The mother had so much control and said, built up such a deceptive storyline to her own family that her father shot John Mast in public in a parking lot back in front of his family and children. Mm. Part of the problem is the judges just really aren't realizing you're going to make this kind of an order to ret- take custody from one parent due to false allegations and parental alienation. You better have some better safety mechanisms in place. So people like Tina Swiggin and um, father-in-law couldn't do what they did. Mm-hmm. The only stories of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's more stories. There was a physician, a female physician. Uh, it was a drop-off, pickup drop-off at a children's playground in North Carolina. And she was shot, I believe, it sounded like from the article that she was shot while she was in the vehicle. And I don't know where the three-year-old was. I believe it was a three-year-old. But they arrested the father who was, you know, this, this is, and that's the point. This isn't gender specific. This isn't religious. This is, it's religious, it's genderless, it's raceless, it's colorless, it is odorless. Mm-hmm. You literally cannot smell it coming. Mm-mm. Have to have appropriate training and education to recognize the signs the symptoms and to be prepared and to know what the consequences could be so that you're prepared to put stop gaps in place, protections in place. Mm-hmm. How the fact that these kids from the Maya and Sebastian, somebody could get to them while in their mother's care. Horrible. The fact that Tina Swithin and the father are in cahoots and did this. 
The father should be sitting in jail right now. He belongs. And the children, I, I assume they're going to find them. The problem is the children are going to have to go through debunking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the problems with the claim that reunification therapy is a camp is that this reunification therapy is the same thing as reintegration therapy. When you have a religious cult, such as the Moonies, Jim mm-hmm. Jones, Waco, any of that, and somebody is trying to get out of it, or they're trying to pull somebody out of it, they go through a reintegration and debunking of cult behaviors. Same thing as Stockholm syndrome, or Patty, or also nicknamed Patty Hearst syndrome. Mm-hmm. You have to put that person through a reintegration debunking. When a person's been kidnapped, think Elizabeth Smart. Mm-hmm. They have to go through a reintegration debunking program. No different than when a child is taught, is put into a cult of anger, fear, hatred, and rage towards another parent for no other reason than retaliation. Even if there had been some form of abuse, this was an intact family. The children and the parent would be in therapy. An intact family where there is abuse. They don't tear the family apart. They take the family and they help to work through the problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to claim that reunification therapy can't be used to reintegrate a relationship between children and an ousted parent. That's like saying you can't treat cult-like behaviors. I mean, you can't deal with religious debunking when somebody's been inoculated into a cult of a religious cult. You can't you can't treat a child who's been kidnapped and finally found by a stranger kidnapped stranger kidnapping. We're not even talking parental kidnapping. We're talking stranger kidnapping. Because it's the same therapeutic treatment. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they're getting so ups, calling this a reunification camp, and then they were calling it a concentration camp. It was getting out of hand. It's like, well, first people, of all, yeah, you can't call it a camp. It's not even it's on a not. campus. No, that's number one. Number two, you can't even analogous it to a reuni- uh, to a concentration camp because concentration camps they hold people off in lock, stock, and barrel, made them live in jammed into quarters, had no food, had no shoes, had no clothes, and were and then were murdered. Mm-hmm. Close to a concentration camp. It doesn't even, it can't even, in fact, it, children in reunification programs are in safe environments. They've got clothes on their back, food, medical care. They're free to, to come and go and have a life. They're not caged in. Right, and the therapist even, um, gives them snacks. I mean, even you know, like I, I, I know I, I know my yeah, right. I mean, I took I was I had to get my will redone, and I my kids were little, and I had to you know have them in the vicinity, and the lawyer even had snacks for my kids. So it, they're making a big deal out of something that could help so many people, and unfortunately. The reason they're getting away with this is Mm -hmm. our federal government 
has made the mistake of giving them all the grants and funding to the tune of millions of dollars. So they are financially funded very well to present and promote this false agenda. Shall we bring up McCarthyism when they, when um, everybody was going after for communism? That's kind of what it feels like. Uh-huh. They've got all the money. With money comes power. Because somebody doesn't have money doesn't mean they don't have validity. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. There are lists of names of people who fought, uh, say, and were and had no money. But it didn't mean what they had to say wasn't any good or wasn't right Mm -hmm. and as we found out all three of them were correct in their in their carries their beliefs but they didn't have the money backing them Mm -mm. no and that has got to stop when the government and grantors are providing money these people they better make sure that the statistics are verifiable that they're not using false um what we're finding false citations false statistics non-verifiable statistics jennifer Harmon, laurent and um the tomorrow's Rondos, bill burnett there's a slew of people who are experts who have extensive research looking at all these the opposition's claims and statistics to find them Flawed at every end of it. Mm-hmm. Have brought it to the attention of the university, George Washington University, who gave the money to Joan Myers and, and Jean Mercer to do this flawed research mm-hmm. and showed them that it's flawed. Who attracted that money? Also complicit in this in this fraudulent. Put a, uh, I don't know what the word, fraudulent um, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Washington University should be held accountable. Not withdrawing that funding once it was shown that the work that was done was fraudulent. I, I agree. With the, I agree. the publisher of Gene Mercer's book. He provided them solid evidence of her work not factual being fraudulent they should have pulled her book Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they want to know why don't trust the government anymore Mm -hmm. why people don't trust period well i was um have the money you can do anything oh yeah i was on youtube i was at the site, uh, the Law Center with G Attorney G Lawrence DeMarco, where he went through the misinformation of um, uh, Joan Myers. Um, he did it so beautifully. Oh my gosh, he was brilliant. Yes, Larry's awesome. Oh yeah. For anybody just... out there, I strongly suggest please go out to Larry DeMarco's site, the Law Center. He has at least forty. YouTube videos that he's put together that aren't more than 10, 15 minutes. A couple of them are 20 minutes. 
they are so chock full of valuable, statistically proven evidence and information. Please, I implore you, definitely check his site out. Oh, yes, because it's called, his video is called A Comprehensive Review of Challenging uh, Parental Alienation is what he has. Misinformation and other inaccuracies. And uh, that it says the defenders of science and welfare of children can't passively sit back and allow this perversion of justice by the authors of challenging parental alienation to continue. This video will explain the types of information and techniques that are used by PA critics to spread their distortions of science. I, and there's more to, that you can look at, yes. but look at that. That video was amazing. Uh, attorney DeMarco did fabulous. He's incredible. I also want to, you know, let people know I run two nonprofits. One of them is called Past Intervention, though we are in the process of changing the name to Past International, which will stand for Parental Alliance Support International. And that organization has been around for many decades. We provide a tremendous amount of support to families and to professionals to assist them with whether it's how to handle a family, how to talk to somebody, resources. And then we have another organization, which had been begun by Jennifer Harmon, and she needed to take a leave. It was called uh, PA Consortium. Um, we are in the process of changing the name on that to Parental Alliance Consortium. Uh, no, uh, excuse me, Family Preservation Consortium. But this is an umbrella organization that oversee that doesn't oversee, but umbrella to the nonprofit and all the um, parental alienation organizations that are out there to so that we have a, a um, one place where they all come together and work together on various things to help make sure that the misinformation isn't being proliferated, that we have ways to respond to things and the attacks. So I do implore you, implore people to please reach out to us. You right now you can reach Pass Intervention at P A S, that's Parental Alliance. Uh, excuse me, Alliance Support. That's P A S dash Intervention dot org. Eventually, we will change the name, but it will still go there. And to if you have an organization. Please consider joining our international organization on um, parental parental alien a PA consortium, which will also be under the Family Preservation Consortium. The more we show solidarity, the more we can the viability of what we are saying. I also implore people to stand up, not be afraid. We are finding their retaliatory acts are outrageous. One of the retaliatory acts we're finding is that the opposition is going out and attacking our websites and marking them as spam or um, and getting them blocked or having our emails blocked. I've had to go to my host and they've had to put special things in place to keep this from happening because every single month, it like clockwork i'll go to send an email out or somebody will contact me and tell me that, that my emails even though i'm in their contacts is coming in as spam or my emails are being rejected it's okay oh you're 
you know, you want to have a, a, a honest conversation with us, then have an ominous conversation. Right. We can't even get them to come to the table when we've asked them to, to have an honest conversation. Why? Because they know their information has been falsified and they cannot provide any evidence to back it up. So they can't come to the table to talk to us. I challenge you, Joan Myers, June, Jean Mercer, Tina Swithin, and all of Tina Swithin's six different, eight different aliases come to the table and have a professional conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad I had you on to discuss this because and I'm going to have you back on again because there's more to discuss. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm very obviously very passionate. Oh, I am too. I am too. And I just want to say that parental alienation has been out there for over 200 years. I don't know why everyone is so focused on Richard Gardner and calling him a pedophile. And it's like, okay, so I, I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like, we've discussed this and I yeah. told you, I knew per Dr. Gardner personally. Mm -hmm. He was my therapist. I went to school with his kids. My best friends hung at his house. If he was a pedophile, we would have known this years ago. This was because a bunch of women that Gardner testified against them to ch and proved that they were deliberately impeding the relationship between their children and their and the fathers. And these women were pissed <laughs> that they got they got oh. guilty. So in retaliation, they started calling him a pedophile. Now this goes all the way back to the 1990s. Okay, and how and the funny thing is, back in the 1990s when I. Started, when it, we were able to get internet access, I had first joined one of my first organizations out there. And I had somebody, group these same women, come after me. I had, I still have, an email with the, with, with the word Putz Angel. P-U-T-Z-A-N-G-E-L. Okay. The name was created because my husband calls me a putz because I piddle around. That's the American definition of putz. You're putzing around. And Angel, because it was part of my daughter's middle name. Mm -hmm. Well, Jewish, but I don't speak Hebrew or Yiddish. Apparently, according to these women, say, as I later found out, the word putz has to do with the foreskin of the penis. So these women started calling me a penis lover. Oh my God! Of my, I purely discriminatory against men. Well, my answer back to that: Well, I sure hope so, since I'm heterosexual. Mm -hmm. mm. Cannot make this stuff up. This is how out of sync. You know, how they could twist mm. a simple username that came from the American language into a Yiddish Jewish term to make me put me down for being heterosexual and liking men. I'm so sorry. I just laugh about it because to me, it just shows me how inappropriate they are. How, sorry to say, mentally incapacitated they are. Mm -hmm. The reality is these people all have family of origin issues that have never been dealt with. 
and they project their issues through the children onto the other parent in attempts to save little them. No, go get yourself some help for the abuse that you endured that nobody saved you from and stop projecting it onto your children. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad. I'm going to have you back on again, so don't go anywhere. Um, oh, if anyone needs to reach you, how can they reach you? I, I think I know you gave me the the PAS. There are numerous ways. I think the best, uh, you know, they can go through the website, pas-intervention.org. They can email me at info at pas-intervention.org. Um, you can find me in various of the social medias. I am not a big social media person. I will post certain things. I'm sorry, folks, but it's a misused form. Yes, yes. Well, don't go anywhere. Uh, Slam the Gavels, a podcast, help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petri, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth, and Raised by These Wolves, How Family and Federal Courts Are Failing Our Children. Please join us again here with Joan Kloss-Zanard in the future and other exciting guests. You can find me on Spotify, YouTube, Apple iTunes, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, and other platforms. Feel free to buy me a coffee to support the podcast. I totally thank you all for listening in. Thank you so much, Joan. You are welcome. <laughs>